Hi there, this is Harry and welcome back to my podcast where I try to help you to get a better understanding of the English language so that you can communicate with people in a better way, whether that's just ordinary conversations or indeed business English. So we take a look at everything from phrasal verbs to grammar, expressions and even pronunciation. In this particular podcast, we're going to look at parts of the body and there are lots of idioms and idiomatic phrases that use parts of the body like head over heels and head in the cloud. So they're quite well known. So I'm not going to look at those. I'm going to hopefully look at something that might be a little different. So if you have any comments and you want to pass this on to a friend or colleague or family who you think will enjoy it, well, please go ahead and do so. And at the end, I will give you my contact details if you want to contact me. Okay, so let's look at these particular expressions. I'll give them to you first. And then as always, I'll try and explain them so that you get a, a better understanding. They might have a literal translation and a metaphoric. The first one is a head for heights. And we can use this in the negative as well. He doesn't have a head for heights. A glass jaw. Somebody who has a glass jaw. To get off on the wrong foot. Elbow your way in. A toe in the water. Knee deep in problems or paper or work. Haven't got the stomach for the fight. Has no backbone. Okay, so there's a few uh, phrases uh, and expressions connected with parts of the body. So I'll try and explain them to you and give you some examples. The first one, you haven't got or you have got a head for heights. You can use it in the positive, you've got a head for heights, or in the negative, he hasn't got a head for heights. And if you're like me, definitely don't have a head for heights. And I've discovered it very late, well, not too late in my life, but I used to think I was okay, but then someday I got a nasty shock. And when I got up somewhere and I looked down, whoa, I had a little panic attack and I couldn't really move for many, many seconds until somebody gave me a gentle little push and then I edged my way, way around. In fact, I was actually at the top of St. Paul's Cathedral in the Vatican and I uh, had gone up through a spiral staircase out on the dome and suddenly I was outside and looking down into a very, very big drop and I got a little bit of a, a panic. So when we don't have a head for heights, it means we literally can't stand on a very high building we can't stand on a high mountain. We can't stand anything high and look down because we just get this feeling that we're either going to fall or we are going to have some uh, problems in the way we get out of that particular situation. I remember also being on a rooftop cafe and there was all glass around the sides, but going near the edge of that uh, cafe was not pleasant. It's not uh, something that I enjoyed. So when you don't have a head for heights, it means you can't go up so high and you can't definitely look down. You can't climb up ladders. You can't do lots of simple things and you get a little bit of a panic attack. In fact, you might even have a phobia. So you not to have or don't have a head for heights. Some people do have a head for heights and they take on very interesting jobs like 
climbing lampposts or cleaning windows. And if you ever see one of these tall office buildings and these people sitting in these little cradles, and I wonder how they do, do that day in, day out. So they definitely have a head for heights. Next, a glass jaw. Well, glass is something that we drink our water out of or you make the windows with. So when you tap it, ding, you hear the little sound. And if you break it, of course, you get lots of little pieces of glass and you have to be very careful that you don't cut your hands, fingers or walk on it. Well, when we say that somebody has a glass jaw, it refers to boxing in particular. And to have a glass jaw means that when you get hit on the jaw, usually you collapse and the fight is over. So there can be many, many fine, and there have been many fine boxers in history, but one of their weaknesses was that they had a glass jaw, which meant they couldn't really take a strong punch to the chin, because if they did, it was usually their weak point, and they usually collapsed and, as I said, fight over. So if you're going to be a really strong boxer and you're going to fight for titles, you don't uh, want to suffer from a glass jaw. So when we say, ah, he's got a glass jaw, we really mean the person isn't going to last so long and he's going to have a difficult situation. So to suffer from or have a glass jaw. I just want to let you know about my wonderful advanced English language course or marathon English language course. There are over 53 hours of English learning. Yeah, 53 hours. It's advanced English. It's advanced English for those people wanting to improve their English from their current level. 45 minute lessons online recorded by me based around engaging video materials, advanced English vocabulary, slang, phraseology, complex grammar structures, pronunciation practice. And at the end of it all, you have homework in every individual lesson. And if you send it to me, I'll check it and I'll get back to you. Perfect for mature learners. For those of you who are a little bit shy or introverted about having one-to-one -one lessons, or those of you who don't have the time to have one-to-one -one lessons. Any type of learner out there looking to improve their English language. Why don't you join my crew and buy it? Next, to get off on the wrong foot. Well, we have two feet, left foot and the right foot, two feet. And usually, depending on which side you favor, the left or the right, if you're going to run or sprint, you put your weight on one foot and you sort of push yourself forward. And that means you get off on the right foot and you sort of get a little jump and you can run a little bit quicker. And if you watch sprinters, when they're going to sprint in an athletics race, they give themselves a little push and they get off uh, correctly and they run very well. But if we get off on the wrong foot with somebody, it means that our conversation or relationship or meeting didn't go so well from the very beginning. So we could have a situation where we introduce ourselves to somebody in a business meeting and we get their name wrong or we get the name of their company wrong or we forget their name and then oh, after a couple of minutes you say, look, we've got off on the wrong foot here. Let's start again. So you might have a little laugh about it. Or you could get off on the wrong foot in a relationship with a, a girl or a boy. I remember the first date I took my wife on, I invited her to the cinema and I took her to a movie that I thought would be wonderful. Well, she just didn't like it at all. And uh, she said to me after, I think, the second date, why did you take me to that movie? So I think she was having second thoughts before we'd even had a few dates. So 
we got off on the wrong foot very definitely. So if you get off on the wrong foot with somebody, you have to accept it and move on. To elbow your way in. Well, if you've ever been stuck in the middle of a, a sale in a big shop where after Christmas or sometime after the summer and people are literally fighting for the bargains, fighting to get to the front of the queue to pick up bargains, then you'll see that they use the elbows, the point of their elbows to move their way forward in the queue. So they knock people out of the way with their elbows. So to elbow their way in, to get into a better advantage or to get into a better position. So if you want to move up in the, the, the queue or you want to f battle your way through the crowd in a football match to get to the bar or you want to battle your way through the crowd in the station, use the points of your elbow. Elbow your way in. Okay. So you elbow your way in, you maneuver your way in a better position. To put your toe in the water. Well, when we put our toe in the water, literally, if you fill a bath and it's either hot water or cold water, you usually dip your toe in, first of all, to make sure the water is not too hot or it's not too cold. Or if you go to the, the seaside or the beach, particularly in spring or sometime when the water temperature is not likely to be very high, you put your foot in gently to see what the temperature is like and ooh, you jump back and you realize it's, hmm, it's going to be a little bit chilly. Okay, so when we put a toe in the water is to test the temperature and that's literally. But if we look at it metaphorically, when we put a toe in the water, it means we're going to start gently and then work our way up. So, for example, if you were going to start a little business of your own, you might not jump in head first and start selling here and selling there. You might see how your products uh, are taken by the market, how your services are uh, responded to. So you might test and see what the market is like, what the appetite is for the services that you offer. So you put your toe in the water, as it were, you test the market conditions, and then you make a decision whether, in fact, there is business there for you. So you put your toe in the water and see what you can do. If the company wants to try a new product, they might test it with a sample test beforehand with a few people to see, do they like the taste of the new product? Do they like the look of the new product? So they put their toe in the water before they spend too much money on design and products and production. So they just want to see how it goes. Okay, so to test the market, to put their toe in the water. To be knee deep in something. So when we're knee deep in something, particularly during the winter time, you might literally be knee deep in snow. So if you live in many parts of the Far East or in parts of Russia, then you'll know what it's like to be knee deep in snow. But usually we use knee deep when we're talking about work or problems or difficulties. Oh, I can't go out this weekend. Like I'm knee deep in, in trouble. I just have to get my papers sorted. I've got problems at the bank. I've got my tax returns to do. All sorts of things. I'm knee deep in, in paperwork. So let me give it a rest for a week and I'll contact you next week. Or you could be knee deep in work and you have to work late every night. So you have to call off the night's bowling with your friends on a Wednesday and you'll tell them you'll catch up with them the following week. So to be knee deep in something, usually a problem, knee deep in problems, knee deep in work, knee deep in tax returns, whatever it might be, something you're not looking forward to. 
If you haven't got the stomach for something or the fight, it means you're not really willing to put up a struggle, okay? So, you know, literally, um, if like our friend with the glass jaw, if somebody punches you a few times in the stomach, you can go down in the fight very, very quickly and the fight is over. Um, if you haven't got the stomach for something, metaphorically, it means that you're not willing to fight. It's, you see it as not being worthwhile. Okay, so you, you just give up. So two companies might be battling it out to try and acquire another company and they're putting in different bids to try and um, have a, a takeover or a merger. And then one company puts in a really huge bid that the other company isn't willing to match. So they decide that they haven't got the stomach to start fighting again and trying to continue and outbid the other company, which will only result in quite a financial loss. So they give up. So they don't have a stomach for that particular fight. A politician who's standing for election and he discovers that his opposition candidate is really going to do much better than him and the polls suggest that he's not really going to to uh, make any headway so he decides to retire and not stand for the election this time so you could say that he doesn't have a stomach for that particular fight a football team that gets beaten 10 nil in their football match we could quite easily describe them as not having a stomach for the the stomach for a fight because uh, they conceded goals very easily and by half time it was six or seven nil and it was quite obvious what was going to happen and some of the players their heads were down and they really didn't uh, perform well and their manager accused them of not having the stomach for a fight and they, they lost very easily 10-0. When we say that somebody has no backbone it doesn't literally mean they have no bone in their back but what it does mean is that they they can't stand up for themselves they are a little bit cowardly and they're not willing to be assertive okay so if they give in too easily or they struggle to assert themselves or they cannot uh, prevent uh, somebody taking what they really should have then they may be accused of having no backbone a team Again, getting beaten 10 nil as we referred to before, they could be accused of having no backbone, that they collapsed very easily. So the backbone is the strong bone and it keeps us upright and helps us to walk and support the rest of the body. But if we don't have a backbone, then of course we just collapse in a heap on the ground. So when you're accused of not having a backbone, you're accused of not standing up for yourself, not being able to defend yourself, not being able to support yourself, not being willing or able to stand your ground, tell somebody they're wrong, call out somebody or indeed accuse somebody of being in the wrong themselves. Okay, so have no backbone. Okay, let me repeat those and just hope you understand them. So we have a head for heights or not have a head for heights like me, to have a glass jaw, to get off on the wrong foot, to elbow your way in, put your toe in the water, to be knee deep in something, usually problems, not to have a stomach for a fight, and to have no backbone. Okay, so they're all expressions connected with different parts of the body, not the usual ones when we talk about head in the clouds and things like that. So hopefully you have enjoyed that. 
And as always, if you have, well, pass on the message to your friends and your colleagues and your family. And if you want to contact me, well, you can do so on www.englishlessonviaskype.com. Always happy to hear from you. Always willing to take on board your comments. Okay, as always, thanks for listening. Join me again soon.